Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands Podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chair Shop Media Group, and now is also available on Smart to Death Radio. I am Mags, and uh, with me again, just it, it keeps coming with the with this just never not showing up now, Paul. I need you to have a break. Uh, it's Mr. Paul Tully. I bet you wish you had a break for this episode. No, uh, I, was, I was thinking about it. I was thinking of crying off. I am completely out of my depth this week. Oh, and I'm out of my depth for most weeks, to be fair. Yeah, this 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 topic has been such a glory. We've had so much fun pre-recording to this topic. Just if we can get a 10 for that into the recording, it's going to be probably the best episode of Badlands we've ever recorded. I'm glad uh, you've had fun. Yeah. But we'll we'll leave that in suspense for for a little while. First of all, we need to introduce our introduce our guest. Uh, he's uh, one become quickly one of our good friends on on wrestling Twitter. I love his wrestling takes, and I especially love his food takes. The guy just yeah, he makes me smile. Even though he's got some sort of uh, weird uh, hatred for mushrooms, which I just can't fathom. Uh, today we're speaking with the one and only Dan Griffin. Dan, how are you? Not too bad, Max. Thank you very much. Glowing intro as always. Oh, I'll tell you what, it makes you feel all fuzzy inside, doesn't it, when he gives you an intro like that? Not that you'd know, Paul. <laughs> I was um, going to say, I never get one. <laughs> bit rich, though, calling me out for the mushrooms with uh, with your onion take. That's just, yeah. that's just bizarre. At, 
it's weird. I've always had this weird thing with onions. I've, I like the flavour of onions. I like the taste of them, but it's the texture. I just oh, it, make, it makes my skin actually crawl. I'm, I'm with you, you there, Max. I'm the same with mushrooms. We're dying on the same hill, but for different reasons, because yeah, mushrooms are shit. They are not <laughs> shit at all. Mushrooms make <laughs> everything better. <laughs> but we have got a lot of ground to cover today on this episode, because uh, with, uh, with his amazing food takes, we've asked Dan to kind of chip in on a couple of uh, topics that we've, uh, we've had up with previous guests, so we'll, uh, we'll get to them uh, very shortly. But first, Dan, seeing as you're a, a newcomer to the Badlands world, uh, we want your Matt Rushmore, the greatest wrestlers of all time, so Paul can do his actual one good job and, and tally him up and come up with a definitive Mount Rushmore. So who were the four wrestlers that, that stand out to you as, as the very best and a little bit of a reason why each one made the cut? Right, here we go. I actually, I've spent weeks thinking about this. As I said before we recorded, I have put more effort into this than I put into my dissertation <laughs> when I was at university. It's that difficult. I actually had to come up with a Mount Rushmore of approaches to forming a Mount Rushmore. I've been waiting for this. I've been <laughs> just so to try and get it. For it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm probably going to disappoint you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Initial, look, just listening through, listening back, you've had a couple of my friends on, like Rob and Chris from the Anti-Football Pod and a few other people. The first one I was looking at was Bayera. Mm-hmm. So you'd have probably four of these six. You'd have Bruno Sammartino, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Austin, Rock, Cena. You'd pick any four of them. you say they're the best of any of their respective eras. You can't argue. Yeah. You yeah. Look at, I, think, I think that was my approach. Yeah, you, then you could look Ooh. at the best in ring. I don't know, Captain Lou Albano. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not need you one every week because he, he does. I don't believe he gets enough stick for that pick. He, he, was, he, was, my, uh, he was my rock and wrestling 80s pick. Best of the era. Most, most important in the era. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I tell I, you if, what. If, if he'd have not met Cindy Lauper on an on araplane. He, then we might not be watching WWF now. Depends. Is that a bad thing? I don't know. When's, when's your Netflix special, mate? Because that is some comedy. That is. Are you going into stand-up or? <laughs> it's, anyway, it's true. It's true. Then you could look at the best sort of in-ring, in-ring workers. You know, I'm just a I'm just a fat pleb sat in my chair. I don't I, I don't know how to wrestle a match. But for reputation, you'd look at something like Ric Flair, Bret Hart, Eddie Guerrero, Kazuchika Okada. If you said they're your four best in-ring competitors, not many would argue. You could look at longevity. And the four names that came to mind for me were Ric Flair. I think I'm right in saying he wrestled 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, and into the 2000s. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the 2010s. Surprised. I'm not, I would not be surprised if he didn't start in the 60s, to be quite fair. Yeah, exactly. We, we when I did uh, when when we did our comparison episode, um, looking at the stats, he's but far and away wrestled the most matches of anyone. Yeah. Four mm. four thousand four hundred. I just I'm not long listening to that. Yeah, <laughs> I just couldn't remember <laughs> for the life of me because I'm under pressure now. Um, so again, with longevity, then you'd look at the Undertaker, top of the game for twenty five years, still going after. I think including his debut, must be thirty odd by now. Mags is ninety one, weren't it? David. In WWE, yeah, but he was in uh, he was Mean Mark, wasn't he, before that in uh, yeah. in WCW, so a hell of a long career. Then you look at Jericho, still going. Mags' his favourite. My boy. Um, yeah, and then somebody like Rey Mysterio, wrestling since he's 15, still going strong, still having 
uh, one of my matches of the year in the uh, the eye for an eye match. And I think with, if you look at Mysterio's, that's probably more impressive because of the way he wrestles. Yeah, uh, and he's to keep about... up that kind of level and that kind of like aerial ability going for twenty plus years is phenomenal. Mm. And he's had about seventeen new knees. <laughs> well, that is also very true. I might borrow one off him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you need it for the sound of it, mate. But, you know. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so then I came to my last one, and that is the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers who mean the most to you as a fan, who made you a fan, who kept you a fan, and that's the way I've gone. So my first favourite wrestler, five-time WWE champion, or WWF, two-time IC champion, two-time tag champion, one-time United States champion, two-time King of the Ring, Royal Rumble winner, the second-ever Triple Crown champion, Bret Hart. I was three years old when I saw Bret Hart wrestle British Bulldog. Just watched that. I don't even know how we got it. I don't know if it was pay-per-view or what. But, yeah, I was absolutely hooked. And obviously, you know, everybody else was thinking British Bulldog, British Bulldog, but just the pink and black attack absolutely hooked me in. And don't remember much from those early days. Like I say, I was three years old. But one of my very first memories, it was being about four or five, there was a house show in Sheffield. And I came out of that, and my dad bought me a double an XL Bret Hart T-shirt that I slept in until I was about 12. <laughs> and, and a pair of the pink wraparound shades. Wow. The I worst day of the worst. Yeah, the worst day of my young life was when the cheap, shitty elastic broke. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's exactly that's exactly the reason why I kind of I believe all this work rate nonsense doesn't matter because right there you've kind of encapsulated what what wrestling is. You can't really remember the matches, you can't really remember what happened, but you remember just loving Bret Hart. Yeah, and then as a I even had a dog eared up until about twenty twelve. I had a dog eared, tattered. 1993 WWE uh, WWF sticker book. Oh, Two brilliant. thirds full. And I, do you know what? I, I, I chucked it out because it was just falling apart and I really regret oh. it now. And, I really and regret it. We're going to end now. this episode now because uh, that's blasphemy. That is blasphemy. <laughs> that is blasphemy. <laughs> I still remember the smell of the of my WWF sticker book. That's because you bring it out from under your bed every night. Because <laughs> he's, used, he's used that for his info on his picks. <laughs> now you know what he's now you know what he's been doing. He's been grinding up bloody he's been grinding up no stock cubes and snorting them at night. <laughs> but yeah, so, you, you do make a good point about Brett. I mean, it was never my my favourite. I was always like a macho man guy, but I understand that mentality where you he was the one who hooked you in. And mm. that and, and Paul made, makes another good point about it's not about the work rate. And whilst I agree as a young, like new fan, I think as an older fan work rates it kind of creeps up and it means more and more you you appreciate it more as a as a, a fan who's someone who's watched wrestling for a mm. long long time you appreciate like the intricacies whereas you are hooked in by by the characters yeah exactly he had Bret Hart and he was just phenomenal watch even growing up watching his classics with like the, with uh, with Owen at Wrestlemania 10 with uh with Austin uh the Iron Man match and all that you think it, it's cool when you're watching it but you just want your guy to win going back watching him as an adult you have a whole new appreciation for it and that match with Bulldog is still in my top three matches of all time yeah just off and the top of my head and, and it's and always especially there. when you when you hear the stories about how he he basically carried a, a 
a, a oh, British yeah. Bulldog to to a an almost five star match when Bulldog was was out of it, absolutely out of it. That's that's amazing. Uh, I've got like a massive amount of respect for him because like the same kind of respect I've got for Kurt Angle when he uh, when he was able to drag a brilliant match out of uh, uh, Brock Lesnar after the shooting star press. Mm. Oh, absolutely! That was brutal, wasn't it? Yeah, dear me. But um, yeah, my only problem with the um, the Brett versus Bulldog match is that they build Bulldog from Leeds, <laughs> and he's he's, def- he's definitely not a Yorkshireman. And oh, he's build, definitely bulldog. The, the building from bulldog Manchester from everywhere. Well, is not is not is <laughs> yeah. not from Manchester either. And it, it grounds me that the bill bill uh, William Regal from Blackpool. That has never been a Blackpool accent in a million years. That guy has has <laughs> never seen Blackpool accent. <laughs> Nobody I know from Blackpool speaks as posh as William Regal. Oh, I think I tell you what, there's a, there's a hot button to push there, isn't there? Yeah, it annoys me. I mean, I get it in UFC as well. Being a big UFC fan, we get Michael Bisping builders from Manchester. He's not from Manchester at all. He's from Cliveroe, about three miles away from where I live. Yeah, and that, that, it just annoys me. It's another, it's another weird hill to die on, mate, though. Give me... yeah. It's quite a bespoke billing if they said uh, Cliveroe, three miles away from Max. <laughs> you know, How many people are going to get the reference? I'd pop for it. <laughs> pop for it. You're going to pay him for it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, right, so, it's a great pick with uh, Brett Hart. I don't think he's got as much love on the the definitive Mount Rushmore as maybe he should have. But yeah, it's a, a solid pick, solid yeah. first pick anyway. He's in the double figures at last. That's that's it's, his tenth. Is he is he above his nemesis uh, Shawn Michaels? Well, he's two behind so far. We we don't know it. We don't know if he's gonna fall behind a bit further. When we when we heard Dan's other picks, but no, he's too behind. And he's scratching Shawn Michaels right off his list. Right now. <laughs> Shawn Michaels was never in contention. Oh, oh good to hear. After, after today's news, though, is he not the face <laughs> of the situation? Did he not do the world a favour when he uh, when he threw uh, Mike Giannetti through that barbershop window? I think he gave him brain damage. I was going to say that uh, he did the world a favour, or he caused a hell of a lot of shit. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Because <laughs> I don't think we want to talk about that, really, do we? <laughs> well, by the time this episode drops, it'll be incredibly old news anyway, so uh, <laughs> yeah. people will know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> I'd have to have a couple more beers before we got into that. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, an After Dark special, I think. Badlands Dark. <laughs> Mount Rushmore yeah. of horrific things Martin Jeanette has ever said. <laughs> on Number one, have to be to slip his stepdaughter a length. <laughs> That's getting edited out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, right, hang on, let me compose myself. Oh dear. Um, yeah. So my second pick actually follows on almost directly from my first. Brett left the company in 1997, and that's the year my second pick debuted. He's WWE champion, world heavyweight champion, ECW champion, IC champion, 12-time tag team champion across WWF, WWE, and WCW, with, I believe, a record seven tag partners. He won the money in the bank. He's the third ever Grand Slam champion. It's got to be Kane. Wow. What a great pick. Someone who definitely hasn't got the love that they deserve. I'm just scrolling down. I don't think he's had any love, if I remember rightly. Oh, if so I'm the first debut. to pick Kane, I'm going to love it. Certainly are. First pick for Kane. Yes. Nailed it. The, that's saying something for one of, if not the best big men ever. 
But yeah. there's um, there's a bit of a there's a bit more of a, an emotional sort of emotional attachment uh, for me for this one, because around about that time I was about eight years old, and Brett was obviously ramp you know ramping down in WWE, still the champion, but he'd been screwed over and all that, and I was actually bullied at school. Uh, I've always been a you know bigger guy, so was a big kid, grew up early, bullied for you know just usual kid stuff. But seeing Kane as portrayed as the big, he came in as the big sort of mute. He was billed as a freak initially, but then later on to see him absolutely kick ass and run roughshod over everybody, then get a bit of personality. He had that infamous promo where he came in uh, about 2001 when he was in the best year of his career, probably, to be honest, or second best. When he came in, he's taking the mick out of Hulk Hogan and all that. When it came in that the freak could be the top guy winning the title in 98, could be the funny guy, could be and all that, it meant a hell of a lot to me as a you know, as a big, sort of nerdy, awkward kid. So that's one of the things that hooked me in. And also, not to get too sort of mushy about this because I can't be asked with that um, <laughs> he was he, he is just phenomenal he can't really Kane match he, he can work with anybody the agility he had for a guy his size he mirrored he mirrored Undertaker to a degree early in his career but he just he had the character he had the personality the spookiness earlier on and all the powers was like a great suspension of disbelief I just watched it the other day it was a promo before Wrestlemania 14 that infamous match with Taker when it took three tombstones to put him down, when Paul Bear is showing off his powers and he's saying, you know, do what you want. So he sets a lighting rig on fire. He takes out something on the announce table and then he sets one of the stage hands on fire with a lightning, uh, with something coming up from the floor. Just how cool was that? How cool awesome. was that? Awesome. And then I don't think, I think I, I was fairly drunk watching WrestleMania 24. At my mate's house. Actually, you're going to hate me for this, but I, I fell asleep before Michael's flair came on and I, I slept all the way through it. Um, but I think that Don't was the same WrestleMania. My favourite ever uh, guest to be in. You, you've done a Marty Jannetty. You've just done another Marty Jannetty <laughs> to me. For one, I don't have a stepdaughter. <laughs> and you have definitely killed someone and chucked him in a river. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Um, but that was when Kane won the ECW title in uh, in nine seconds, and I don't think I've ever hit the roof, <laughs> ever hit the roof quicker. <laughs> Just seeing him come up behind Chavo, chokeslam, boom, and that I believe is the second quickest title change in WWE history, behind uh, obviously yeah, behind uh, Diesel, Bob Backlund. Um, it's, a, it's another great pick, uh, and one I'm surprised that hasn't hasn't made it and. For me, the, the the most interesting thing about Kane is that character should have been a one and done. It should have been for that storyline with uh, Undertaker and there should have been no kind of pathway, but he was able to to build a 15-year a career off that character. And yeah, Glenn Jacobs has done phenomenal to, to keep it, that character fresh. It's just brilliant, yeah. So a quality pick and yeah, just, yeah, I really, really dig that pick. Yeah, he definitely falls into that, that longevity category again. Yeah, and the thing, thing I remember, something that blew my mind about Kane is because I kind of, as I've said on here before, I fell out of wrestling kind of from the majority of the noughties and then uh, kind of pulled back in where, when CM Punk came around. But while CM Punk was doing this thing on Raw, I believe Kane was on SmackDown and the promos he was cutting on SmackDown were amazing. Yeah. I was about. To, I was going to come to that just after. He ha- he single handedly carried SmackDown for a good 
five to six months mm-hmm. in the yeah. 2010s. He had the promos, Undertaker in a vegetative state, come out red lighting, giving this really impassioned thing about how he, even though the signs easy defied the odds, he did something unprecedented, won the belt. Now he's on a crusade to find who uh, who took out his brother, blaming Rey Mysterio, going into the feud with Undertaker, all of that. It was it was, And it was a time when, to be honest, SmackDown was fairly poor for the most part, from yeah. what I remember. Yeah, it was. But he, he really held it together, him and, and Punk. And speaking of Punk, Kane is one of only three, uh, I believe, with three other, uh, three men, along with Punk and the Big Show, to have held the WWE title, the big gold belt that was used in WCW, and the WWECW title. Esteemed company. Yeah. yeah. And Punk. We're starting the Tolly roasting early, are we? Yeah, I, 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 I like Punk, but the fucker blocked me on Twitter for absolutely no reason, so fuck Punk for me. Can't have been no reason. JBL did that to me. See? Oh, there can't be no reason for JBL, could they not, Tally? I bet there was a reason for both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna... I, I have, honestly, I do not remember ever tweeting anything negative about Punk at all. Well, I've got two days off work, so I'm going to go find it. <laughs> I'm going to get cancelled this week. <laughs> Good luck, mate. I've got about 150,000 tweets on there. <laughs> so who's the who's your third pick, Dan? Right, I'll redeem myself now for uh, for falling asleep during uh, during Rick Flesh or Michaels. Oh, well, before it even. Uh, my third pick is a darling of Badlands, the the guy who got me into New Japan, Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, big Tommy. Oh, That's brilliant pick. Boy. That's a boy. I think it's is another it first-timer. It can't be. It is. It is. There's not a lot of love for Japan on Badlands. Yeah, that is true. We're there is from, there's from the hosts, but not from other people. Shocking. Shocking. Just is is one guy who, you guys have said it before, he just, how has he never got to the top? It's because it, it's, obviously you've got Okada. If you've got Okada, you don't waste him. You don't you don't put him in the spotlight, but any other era, Ishii would have been at least a one, maybe two time champion. I um, said the same thing literally today. Yeah, <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? it it's just some. I think the first match I ever saw him in, because I've got it in my notes, was um, when he lost the never open weight title to Shibata at Wrestle Kingdom ten. That whole pay per view was great. I can't remember the rest of the card off the top of my head, but I remember that match and just beat the ever-loving piss out of each other and still got up for more. And that's the point. Because my mate would be saying, oh, watch Japanese wrestling, watch Japanese wrestling. I was like, oh, well, yeah, all right, I'll have watch. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't like it without the commentary and all that usual, you know, that bullshit that people pull. And then I saw those two just absolutely lamp each other. And my God, it were good. And then I've I've had the joy of seeing him wrestle live uh, about three or four times as well. Strong Style Evolved, UK, saw him wrestle Suzuki. Just, my God. <laughs> if you can see that, if you can get it on RevPro, on demand or anything, I don't know where it is, but just go and, just go and watch it. It was insane. I was at the opposite show. You must have been at Manchester. I was at Milton Keynes. You yeah, I was at the Altrincham one, you, yeah. You, you had better singles matches. Yeah, we did. Because <laughs> we had, uh, we had uh, Okada versus ZSJ as well, I think, which was yeah. just mad. Yeah. Um, I got to see Ishii wrestle in a weird, shitty warehouse in Manchester for WCPW in their Japan, their Japan <laughs> leg of the of the World Cup, 
and he wrestled Rampage Brown. I bet that was a match. It was a fight. (laughs) (laughs) It was a fight. They were just trying to... It's one of those matches where you look at and you think, they're just trying to out-hard bastard the other. Yeah. (laughs) And it went went all over the building. Because me and my mate were stood like quite far back. There was about 1,500 people, which for a British wrestling show is bloody phenomenal. About 10 times. It's 10 times a good crowd for most companies. And they came all around the arena within feet of us. And I forget, constantly forget how short he should, because he's got that thing about him like Eddie Guerrero has. He wrestles like he's six foot five. I think he's like five six, maybe five seven. Yeah, and it's just insane. But I've got something to put to you about that, because Ishii's never got the love at the heavyweight level or the intercontinental level. Ishii's build weight is 100 kilos, 220 pounds, which is the weight limit for the junior heavyweight division. What about Ishii tearing through the juniors and causing absolute destruction? He'd never lose the belt. Because who, who the, <laughs> what juniors could beat him? Oh. Have you seen him? Have you seen his match with Hiromu? Have you seen him lock up yeah. with Hiromu? Oh, that, that, that to me kind of solidified how how underrated Ishii is as a wrestler. The fact he got that good of a match out of, not only out of Hiromi, but the, the match with Desperado as well, uh, being able to kind of mix it up with, uh, with those um, juniors was just phenomenal. Yeah, he's so, 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 so good. Yes. I'm going to throw Mr. Tolly a bone as well, because uh, I've seen, we've actually got a match in common that we've we? seen Ishii. Yeah, it was Royal Quest, Ishii yes. versus Kenta. What a show. And what a match. I could feel the chops in up in the gods where I was sat. Yeah. I could feel the strikes. My God. It wasn't the best match of the night, but it was easily second for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I I, I loved that match. And Kenta just had the the crowd on a string. Oh, he really? That, he had me on a string, yeah. That's, that's when I really appreciated this guy's a bloody good heel. Well, we were, <laughs> we were in the, I was in the crowd with... Um, so I went with uh, with Rob and yeah. uh, and Chris from Anti Football. We were and a couple of others. We were sat there and just that was a couple of bevies. Like I was just giving it the absolute bollocks to Kenta. It was amazing. It was awesome. It was, there's, yeah. There's no lack of wrestling crowd. There's absolutely nothing on earth like a wrestling crowd. Oh no, there isn't. And, and when fact, you. If I, so I was going to say if either of you guys can ever if either of you guys can ever get up to Leeds uh, or York or Leeds way. Um, if you ever find yourselves up here and you're looking to take into a show when everything's back up and running, I'll take you to my local promotion, which is Rise, which is one of the maddest crowds going. And just mad cast of characters, bit of everything, just nuts. But I'll, yeah, I'll I'm tell up you about it. that. Yeah, I'm up for it. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I want to see uh, one of the, I think it's Breed, who do uh, the, the matches in the, the cave. Yep. That looks phenomenal. I had a, I had a ticket for that show. It yeah. got re it got rearranged and then I couldn't make it. Affer Affer's uh, from uh, 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 is it Wills? Yeah, he he went and yeah, it just looked like a phenomenal, just an amazingly fun show. Yeah, Breed shows are great. They had um, the last one of theirs I went to uh, was in Hex Nightclub, which is to be honest, not it's a it's not a bad venue for wrestling, but well, until you need a piss, toilets are terrible. Uh, it's Hex Nightclub in Sheffield, and they had. Carlos Romo versus Daniel Maccabee. And it's the first time I've seen Maccabee wrestle. I've seen Romo a few times. 
I think the the match is on YouTube. I'll send you guys a link. They just absolutely went for it. It was like I was saying about Ishii and Kenta. They yeah. just absolutely beat the piss out of each other. Went full blown strong, like full blown strong style, and wow. it was amazing. It was in front of seventy people. Breed is a breed is a proper hidden gem promotion. If you if you can get on it, yeah. Yeah, Romo is a good wrestler. He's a cracking I've, wrestler. I've I've been to I've been to Rev Rev Pro and he's he's really impressed me. Yeah, I saw him, I saw him again at the um, so I went to the LIJ show in Manchester that they put on. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. We should, yeah. I might come back for a, if you ever do a Mount Rushmore of uh, of Britress uh, stars who are, who are left, <laughs> <laughs> who aren't nonsense. Britress stars who aren't nonsense. Because, right, because nonsense of the manipulators or touches. The problem is with the, 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 the delay on the release of these episodes. We can't do a Britress episode. Yeah, because by the time we do it, they've been outed. <laughs> There'll only be four wrestlers left to pick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, going back um, to the ECE pick, yeah, it's 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 he's going to go down in history as someone who should have achieved way more than than he did. Mm. Um, and yeah, I appreciate we're in the Akari era, and, and we had the Taniashi era before that, and then we had the the little stint of Kenny. So it's it's literally just bad timing for someone who should have ruled the roost. Um, and it, it's it's a kind of sad state of affairs that he hasn't even been the RC champion. Is is been he's raised the never title to to levels that it, it it would have never got to without him. But is that the legacy of someone who's as immensely mm. talented as as Ishii that he was the best never champion? I don't know. And, and that's why I suggested the junior heavyweights. He could go on a six month to a year tear. I've put on some. You know, put on some five, six star classics with that great crop of juniors, and that would be a great. If that's the way he sort of goes out before he takes the like Nagata role, or something like that, that for me that it'd be it'd give him something unique. Yeah, everybody goes up from junior to heavyweight. Very few come down from heavyweight to junior. I think you need Hiromu to goad him into it. I don't think it's a, yeah. I don't think it's something you would choose to do because it it is seen as a, a kind of demoting yourself isn't it but if Hiromu got under his skin so you can't come and take this title off me yeah buzzes around him for about three months just nipping yeah. at him that'd be yeah. good just having digs just saying you know, <laughs> you know come on then you angry concrete potato what are you playing at <laughs> I mean just imagine seeing him against someone like Ishimori a match with Ishii and Ishimori that'd be glorious or oh, Shaw yeah oh. a match with him and Shaw yeah. how great has Sean Shingo been Oh my good lord! Oh, my, they're yeah. my they're my uh, wrestlers of the year so far. I think Shingo was my uh, probably my number one last year. Him and probably Roderick Strong, uh, but this year he's just he just upped his game and he's just he's the best wrestler in the world today for me. Shingo. I paid for the meet and greet with Shingo at the LIJ show in Manchester. Didn't <laughs> That's you? how good he is. Yeah, <laughs> I'd only I'd only I'd only known about him for four months, and I'm like, no, this is my guy. It's madness just how well-rounded of a wrestler he is. Oh, we were two. We were about three feet away from him chopping the life out of OJMO. He was on the ramp, and just you could feel the shockwave from it. You could. And he ended. He actually ended up. Oku, um, OJMO um, rolled off the stage and landed on me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just selling, selling the chop. <laughs> And then I had to crawl through the. I almost had to crawl through the crowd just to get back in the ring. It was brilliant. Wow. A related question on Ishii. Then, mm. um, 
do you think do you think Okada is a selfish leader of chaos? Because you've got under Naito, you've had uh, Sanada had title uh, had um, title challenges. Even Hiromu's had a title challenge. Um, under Suzuki Goon, you've had um, Zack Saber Junior challenge for titles in Bullet Club. Obviously, Jay White's the leader, but you had Kenta challenge. Now you've got Evil as champion, but no one but Akada gets a title shot in Chaos. Does he keep? Think... Does he keep everyone down? And, I, and I'm 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 going f- full full on story story um, storyline wise here. I don't think he's deliberately selfish. I think he's ignorant, and I don't mean I don't mean he's you know he's an ignorant bastard or whatever. I mean he it, he's been at the top of the game, and he's been the guy. He's been the one getting the shots for so long that it doesn't even enter his mind. That somebody else should get it. Yeah, and that's it's a personality flaw, but it's not malicious. Yeah, I like that, and I'd like I'd like to see that lead to his overthrow one day. Yeah, he just eventually slips that slips into that arrogant, whinging. I want my I want to keep my spot rule. Yeah, yeah. I also as well, uh, and this is a purely like storyline kayfabe kind of look at it. Is I don't really see. Chaos in the same way as I see like LRJ and Suzuki Green and Bullet Club, they all seem to have really structured kind of um, hierarchies where you know that there's someone who's a leader and uh, and you, then there's the minions. Chaos just seems to be a group of people that just found the Chaos banner. If you understand what I mean, mm. yeah, I think Chaos, chaos is Chaos is a the. Uh... The card is the one bloke who's been left in charge of, of six kids and he's just said, you go, just go play, lads. Yeah, you want to go play. That, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Whereas like, you'll, you'll, you'll see like, uh, LRJ and it's clear that Naito's the leader. It's, it's, it's clear. And then, then there's, the, there's Sonada and Shingo and, and they all have kind of defined roles. Same with, uh, with Bullet Club. You've got uh, Jay White, who's the clear leader. And then everyone else kind of has their own roles. In, in Chaos, there's no... There's nothing really defined. I mean, he doesn't come out and say and like kind of control his team like the way the uh, JY does or the way the uh, Suzuki does. No, Okada is the dad sat in the bar having a pint, watching the kids through the window while they're running while they're running roughshod and just dicking about in the playground. <laughs> he, he, he's got weekend access. <laughs> Okada, irresponsible father. <laughs> Okada's for justice. <laughs> I thought that, I thought they were trust fund kids. So he wins the titles, earns all the money, and they can just <laughs> dick about. <laughs> what, that's maybe why Yoshihashi is as terrible as he is. He just gets to go out and buy nice rods and uh, flash flash gear. Wow. Even then is... he's just looking for even then he's just looking for his dad's approval, isn't he? He's trying to say, look at me, Dad, I've got a fancy coat like you. <laughs> Very good, son. Fuck off. I mean, <laughs> we we talk about Ishii's like legacy being the the never champion and you've got Yoshihashi's legacy of, of fair it's nearly braining himself uh entering a ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a great third picker. Well, let's let's round off this Mount Rushmore of your goats and uh, have that final pick. Right. Well, it leads. Uh, it actually stems on from uh, Royal Quest that me and Mister Tolly both attended. I actually jumped back and forth on uh, from this pick. Two very different wrestlers, but I had to 
I went with Ishii who sparked off my love of New Japan. So I've gone with the guy who kept me with New Japan, Minoru Suzuki. I just the first thing I wrote down was I just love watching him hurt people. <laughs> you don't need to say any more because that's that's why we all love Suzuki. Yeah, well he um he's crossed all he's crossed all uh, New Japan, all Japan, Noah. He's been triple crown champion in all Japan. GHC champion in Noah. He's never won the big one, as far as I'm aware, in New Japan. But he's been yep. the IC champion. He's always a credible challenger, as, uh, as me and Paul found out at uh, Royal Quest with 40 minutes of utter magic. I genuinely believed he was going to win. So did I, I. I didn't go into it. All logic dictated, of course, he wasn't going to win. But so did I. I was on my feet just saying, yes, yes, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just, will, just trying to will it into being. But, <laughs> He just the way he stretches people and he's just his face he's just angry he's one of the he's just one of the most expressive wrestlers going I'm actually I'm actually wearing I don't know if you can see on on the recording no I noticed that yeah Suzuki gun shirt yeah my parents uh, my parents went to Japan for the Rugby World Cup uh, last October and they said oh can we bring anything back I says if you get a chance go can you go find pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> and just bring me back something, bring back a keyring, you know, anything just yeah. so I've got something from them. They came back with this, which is a, a, an English sort of two and a half, three XL, but a Japanese about 10 XL. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm joking, it's a five. It's a, it's a five, but I've never felt like more of a fat bastard. <laughs> it's, it's hard trying on clothes over there. Yeah, well, I've never, it's I've depressing. Never been, I've it's never depressing. been yet. Imagine, imagine, imagine they just point me towards a tent shop. <laughs> I've got a four XL Japanese football t-shirt, f- football shirt, four XL. Hang on, you're thin. <laughs> I'm not thin, but their sizes are are tiny. Yeah, but anyway, uh, back to Suzuki. He's just he's probably the outside of Ken Shamrock, the most legitimate hard bastard over fifty going. I think it's something like a thirty and nineteen MMA record, which. As my limited knowledge on MMA is actually pretty solid, to get to thirty wins alone is is insane, and he's he's just the scariest motherfucker. Yeah, and he did the Tekken uh, motion capture for King, which is just cool as shit. Did he? Yeah, he I did. didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I brought him up with a, on an episode recently with. Uh, Brad Pedersen from uh, Wrestle Rumble. Uh, we were talking about uh, wrestlers who were over the age of 40. And yeah, he was literally, I think he was having my first pick behind AJ or, or the second pick. Uh, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. He's absolutely, he, he doesn't even look like a typical wrestler though. He just looks like a, an old chap. He looks like he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. And then you see his face and you see his haircut and you see, I mean, look at the fight he had with uh, Nagata uh, oh. recently. Oh my God. More there were more shots thrown in that match than than the majority of AEW has thrown in the full year. Uh, Craig from Pro Wrestling Music did a breakdown, and that one match had more strikes than than I think it was all but seven of uh, the top AEW stars had thrown in a full year, and they them two guys did it in one match. <laughs> oh, it, it was brutal! I love that match. I love Nagata as well. Yeah. My first my first G one watching it was Nagata's last. And that story they told where it's his, like, they, they know it's his swung song, come what may, it just made me want him to win every match. Yeah. And he just, even even you know, even if it's a bit weird with the, with the eyes rolling back in the head and he's not Undertaker. But 
he's yeah, they're just they look like just two nice old blokes, and then you get them in the ring and they just absolutely leather each other. It's just bloody magic. <laughs> it's glorious. And and you see him on social media and, and the guy is always posting pictures of his socks and like how much he loves coffee. He's just a regular <laughs> normal dude, and then you put him yeah. in the wrestling ring yeah. and he's it he may be the most evil person that's ever been in a ring. Definitely. He's, he's a joy to watch live because when when you know you notice when you're watching him live when the camera's not on him he's having so much fun and that's just brilliant that's brilliant to see he kind of yeah. he's kind of interacting with the crowd and and uh, and kind of smiling and laughing just enjoying it when at Royal Quest I noticed that from him and and Naito when the camera was off them they were they were having fun yeah I they thought really you'd be have only eyes for for shorter. Well, he was, he was, he was, he, I can't, was Shota at Royal Quest? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think he was. No. He was on, ex- he was on excursion around about that time because he ended up, he ended up actually, oh, that might have been a little bit after. He's, he's definitely wrestled for Rev Pro in the last eight to ten months because he ended up being up in Sheffield on one of their, um, their Southside sort of takeover shows because uh, yeah. Rev Pro bought Southside and took over the Sheffield doubles. So we got to see, there was me and about, probably about 100 other people got to see Shota Umino versus Jay Lethal. Oh, Excellent. Wow. Yeah, I, bet, <laughs> I bet that was a banger of a match. I'm a, I, I love Jay Lethal. It was ridiculous, and it's typical, sort of, typical sort of indie, British indie wrestling. No barriers. Seats about two foot from the ring. You see everything up close. The ceiling's... Barely high enough for anybody to do anything <laughs> off the top rope. There's 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 hanging strip lighting that if you're not careful you're going to clip. And I've been going to shows in that building for two to two three years, and every time someone clips it, another bit of confetti falls down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so fuck knows how long it's been up there. <laughs> every that's time so, Robbie X, but every time Robbie X does anything, <laughs> this this confetti just comes down. <laughs> that is gruesome. Um, so, but Paul, let us know how them them picks affect affect the Mount Rushmore. A couple of debutants there. Well, it hasn't really. It's just three debutants. So all Suzuki didn't get picked as well. Suzuki. I, thought Suzuki, Suzuki. I, I well, I thought. Um, just got to check this again because I'm sure Kelsey picked Suzuki, and she definitely would have picked Suzuki. Um, he'll be on you somewhere. I think that's Suzuki, Suzuki's second pick. Um, but the, yeah, kind of. That that little battle between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels is the is the one it's affected Bret to have been two now. Can I get an extra pick for Bret Hart then, since I'm the size of two people? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not v- vetoed. So, so what's the uh, what's the <laughs> so what's the current uh, the current Mount Rushmore poll? Oh, people know the current Mount Rushmore: Ric Flair, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Hulk Hogan. It's 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 solid. It's it's the one that you pretty much would expect. Nah, none of them ever set a cameraman on fire though. <laughs> <laughs> what have they ever done, Marks? <laughs> wow. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Um, so, Dan, before we start on this uh, main topic and, and really give uh, Tollier some abuse for his, uh, for his upcoming picks, uh, I, w- I wanted you to kind of weigh in on a couple of, uh, of openers that we've had with other guests, uh, we uh, we had a, an opener with Kurt Johansson about the uh, the Mount Rushmore of uh, sandwich fillings. Uh, Paul here kind of like throws out his horrific food takes all over Twitter, and he just makes me cringe. I just, uh, I'd like some sense brought back to it. Uh, so, what would be your kind of four greatest sandwich fillings? Right, this kept me up until about two in the morning because <laughs> just taste uh, testing. <laughs> no, no, I wish I wish I had the money. Um, I'm not came home from work with two loaves <laughs> only, only an two. array of fillings. This is it my night. Ended up, ended up like Shaggy out of Scooby Doo, just about three foot tall, <laughs> squashed together, all of them in one. I just went, I just went, I went full Mr. Creosote. I had everything in a bucket with the eggs on top. <laughs> Right, my f- my first one, and um, just bacon, sausage, egg, and ash browns. Yeah, well, it's a good, a good breakfast sandwich. Because, and the reason for this is, when I was at university, I liked a beer every now and again. By which I mean I was pretty much pissed every night because I'm a student in Britain. Um, and the greasy spoon around the corner from me used to do what they called the bin lid batch. And if you're from like Newcastle area, it's like a stotty, you know, real big. Just almost like a loaf of bread. Just cut it in half, five sausages on the bottom of it, as much bacon as it took to cover the sausages, three fried eggs, and your choice of ash browns or black pudding. Oh, that's an horrible choice. I'd have <laughs> I, both. I'd taken off 50 50. <laughs> I always went ash browns. I needed the stodge. <laughs> I go black pudding, was... definitely. It is good in it, though, black pudding. Yeah, it is a very difficult choice. So, uh, how do was... you have your eggs, though? That, that's another kind of a fry amongst the pigeons. For that sandwich, fried runny yolk. Oh, I, I like a runny yolk, but I always end up wearing it. Yeah, free runny yolks. Get and bat and away we go. Spray free, yeah, free runny yolks as well. That's brilliant. If you can't, if you can't manage three runny yolks, you're a fucking amateur. <laughs> Come on, Mags, sort your shit out. I expect, like a, from, I expect it from you, Paul, because you eat stock cubes. No. To be fair, though, it, I, my missus is very particular about her eggs, so she cooks them to within an inch of the laugh, so I, I, that's kind of rubbed off on me, I suppose. Fair enough. I do like. I feel like three runny eggs in a in a in a sandwich <laughs> would be like a crystal maze challenge. Three <laughs> <laughs> bits of yolk hit the floor, you're locked in. <laughs> the crypt egg factor. <laughs> wow. Brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, a solid pick, and certainly better than uh, than Mr. Tully's uh, peanut butter jam and a slice of ham. That I'm listening back to that episode, it, it made my stomach churn. Have you tried it yet? I'm not going to try it at no. all. See, you just like all those people who watch, uh, who hear about WWE Raw Underground and go, "Nah, that, that must be shit. I won't watch it." Have, they, Have they, you they tried salad fries? 
Have you tried salad cream, Mr. Taller? Salad cream? Yeah. Yeah, I've tried salad cream. It's, yeah, uh, you slated salad cream in that episode. It's awful, that's why. Yeah, quite <laughs> rightly, salad cream's fucking rank. Terrible. I'm, I will not have this besmirchment. So we'll go just, straight into just, your second pick. <laughs> salad cream's just gone off mayonnaise. No, it is. Cr- creamed right. vinegar. <laughs> oh, oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> Right, second choice. I love a root. So pastrami, sauerkraut, Swiss cheese, toasted bread. Absolutely bloody lovely. But I can only ever, I can only ever get it properly cabbage. when I'm in America. And I've been a few times. So I've not had one in about four years. <laughs> but I crave one every day. That It sounds delicious apart from the cabbage, the sauerkraut. Nah. That, that sounds good to me. You're entitled, you're entitled to your wrong opinion, man. <laughs> I have plenty of them, don't you worry. <laughs> Is that a textural issue again, Mags, or flavour? Um, yeah, I think it's the flavour of cabbage. Not a big cabbage fan. Not no, a big cabbage fan. If the pastrami's oranges, right. I don't really like them. I'm with uh, you on oranges. Tomatoes. Yeah. I'm getting to like tomatoes. On a sandwich, though. What? What? Uh, Tomatoes most, wreck a sandwich. Most, ve- most, most, most vegetables on a sandwich. If I want a salad, I'll eat a fucking salad. Exactly. Um, so go on. <laughs> Straight into pick number three. Third pick, Philly cheesesteak. Oh, nice. Medi- oh. Nice, medi- nice medium rare steak. A good thick cheese sauce. You can have fried onions if you want. I know Mags, don't, don't go off on one about it. I'll trade for mushrooms. <laughs> you- <laughs> It should be illegal, but you're still allowed to do it. I'm not in power yet. <laughs> oh wow! I think I think I've, I think I've broke him. Yeah. <laughs> it happens a lot recently, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, All right, I'll, I'll move swift. I'll move swiftly on then to a sandwich of I think of my own invention. I can't remember where I've stolen it from. If I have stolen it, uh, it's another pastrami one. Pastrami, turkey, smoked gouda, and avocado. Oh. oh, he lost me avocado there. Yeah, yeah it's divisive. It's yeah. divisive. I'll give I you like that. avocado. I really do like it. A bit I of like freshness amongst, amongst all that richness. Yeah. I just like the richness. Just all for richness, me. Man of expensive tastes. That's why you don't have Oxo. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Like well, one of Avocado's kids. Have you ever... <laughs> have, you, have you ever, like, got one of the North stock pots and just had a shot? No. No. I think that you have. No, I think that'd be too rich. I, I, it's too. It's it's very gel, gel, jelly-like, isn't it? It's not for me. Gelatinous. Gelatinous. Good word. I like that. Have you never dipped your finger in them? Just like. Yeah, because I've I've thought about giving it a go. <laughs> you thought, see, so, so <laughs> you thought, do I? I can't be asked chewing salt. Should I just <laughs> drink salt? <laughs> but it How was it was the finger test that. It's, it's, why, it's, why, it's, it's like that time they found him on his hands and knees at the beach lapping at the sea like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We still need to get that no sponsorship just so we can do a taste test of all the different no stop cubes. Yeah. Fuck off, Marco P.A. White. Badlands. <laughs> Badlands won this gig now. <laughs> Uh, and then another topic we wanted you to kind of weigh in on is uh, another one that, that caused a little bit of a division when we brought it up. Uh, I think it was with Paul, Paul, uh, Paul and Luke. Was it the the quiz uh, one we did, Paul? 
where you were. We, we had the Mount Rushmore chocolate bars. I'm sure it was there. I'm sure it was with Luke, yeah. And, and I got a lot of stick for, for both my choices, which were quite a shock, really. I uh, picked, obviously, Fry's Turkish Delight, which is got tier among chocolate bars. And I also picked Yorker, which I also got some stick for because it was deemed as uh, sexist. So hashtag speaking <laughs> out, Yorkies are sexist. Um, so, yeah, uh, Dan, what are your uh, chocolate bar takes? First off, Turkish Delight is the devil's dingleberries. No, it is yes, rancid. It is. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm editing that out. I'm totally editing that out. <laughs> can you say oh, it's delicious and then I can edit it together? <laughs> no, I'm going to avoid those two words now. <laughs> um, chocolate bars, I'll be honest, I forgot to write these down, so I'm kind of winging it. First oh. one, which I think, I think got a bit of flack from you, Mags, was... One of my, because one of my first ones is a whisper gold. Yeah, and do you know why? Because you, you don't like why? you don't because because you don't like paying for air. Yeah, it's the air. It annoys me. It makes The misses loves air rolls, and I, it, they they fucking do my head in because you pay fifty, sixty p for a chocolate bar, and thirty p of it, it's fresh air. What you can just breathe in. So yeah, you can always that. try breathing the chocolate. If you want your money's worth, come on. <laughs> you could <laughs> chocolate lung. You, you've just you've just not you've just not been tried hard enough. <laughs> but yeah, it annoys me. Air in chocolate, it should be a solid block for me. Should that's that's the most there. northern opinion you've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> that you, refu- that you refuse to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> of all my opinions, that's the most northern. <laughs> it is. <laughs> says, the, says the lad who eats raw gravy. <laughs> Only the best down south. And oh, doesn't man. like crisps. Doesn't like crisps. Oh, no, I, you had to bring that up. I was trying to forget it. I was trying to be nice to him. <laughs> for, for now. <laughs> doesn't like bloody... Oh, I nearly put a crisp sandwich on the end of me... Uh... On the end of my sandwich picks. See, I don't mind a crisp sandwich. It's just crisps. Well, because you're a sensitive little tongue, poor my, thing. Yeah, my gums. tongue and my gums. I don't gums I don't small. get ulcers and cut up with, if they're in bread. <clears throat> if what's in bread? Are we talking about Mitogenetti again? <laughs> <laughs> wow. This has gone well off the rails. It's been amazing so far. <laughs> I love oh, off the real Badlands. It's what we've designed the show for. Oh, <laughs> if he was any more inbred, he'd be a sandwich. <laughs> anyway, wow. chocolate bars. Um, I, I was in no way stalling till I remembered my second pick. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's another chocolate and caramel combo. I love a boost. I I'm don't a, mind I'm a, a boost. for a boost. My uh, my youngest Carlos, he would eat them till the cows come on. He absolutely loves them. Uh, but I don't mind them. I, I like the little bits of nugget of a biscuit that you get in in there every now and again. But yeah, it's a, a great pick. Third pick is a Kit Kat chunky, but it's the salted caramel. Oh yes, Kit nice Kat pick. chunky. That is a glorious pick. That is an that's redeemed all your horrible, horrible takes so far. <laughs> yeah, I love them. I absolutely think they're amazing. Kit Kat chunky salted caramel is is the best flavor that's ever come out in the last ten years. Well, salted caramel just makes everything better. Give me a salted caramel stock cube, I'd eat it. <laughs> Pause, like, I'm, 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 only, I'm only throwing so many stock cubes out there in the hope that one of them makes the cut. 
I will leave it alone because we're going to be taking the piss out of you for other reasons in a minute. Hello. Well, I hope I'm hoping this uh, this opening segment just goes on and on, and we run out of time for the main segment. To be honest, yeah, as, as, Dar- as, Darren, as Darren said to me last night, there's no time limits on Badlands. <laughs> Even if this ends up being a double episode, Paul, you are facing the music for your. Yeah, piece. feared that. Feared that. <laughs> So, right. come on, round this chocolate bar, yeah. uh, Mount Rushmore off. I narrowed it down to two. So, I know which That's one I'm going to go for. The honourable honor- mention, I'll just get out of the way first, because they're not sexist anymore, they've been to the sensitivity training, was Yorkie biscuit and raisin. Ah, oh, yes. If you're going to pick a Yorkie, it's got to be raisin and biscuit. The, exactly. I, I like but, them, but the plane wins over them, I think. But the why is it? Because the biscuit and the raisin take up too much chocolate space or some yeah, bullshit. You're not pay, yeah, you're not paying for biscuits, are you? You're paying for chocolate. I want a biscuit, I'll eat a biscuit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I love that mentality. <laughs> Buy a biscuit and a York, and you've got the best of both worlds. Fair point. Um, yeah, final pick is a forgotten, a forgotten chocolate bar, and it's the Echo. Mm, so it's like an art shaped one... bar with a flat bottom. It's got a chocolate biscuit base. And then it's it it's like white chocolate. It is. It has got a few bubbles in it, Mags. I've, I remember no. having one. They're all right. They they, they float all the right. On. They, yeah. They're all all right. 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 Fuck it. I'm not. I'm not doing the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> no love for Snickers again, though. That's shocking. No love for Snickers. Oh, do you know what? This I've always wanted to do this on a podcast. Just wanted to go a bit talking shop and just open the uh, open the beer on the mic. <laughs> As long as you don't like doing Matt, Matt Willis and take your pants off, we're all good. You haven't seen, you haven't seen below my chest. <laughs> but this, yeah, this Oddly, it, awesome. it makes the same noise, doesn't it, when he takes his pants off? <laughs> I don't know how he does that. But yeah, uh, I appreciate you charming in with those food texts, putting Paul even more and more out on that ledge of his with his horrific, horrific choices. You got you got hate for your um, fries, Turkish delight as well. Oh, I, I'll, and I'll never forgive Pete. I judge everybody who doesn't like fries, Turkish delight, and I'll judge him till my dying day. You judge me anyway, so um, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I judge the missus. Uh, like I was saying in, in the in the group thread, I, I, we go on holiday to Turkey a lot, and after a meal, you always get like the Turkish delights, and no one else eats them, and I think they're absolutely amazing. They're Is just, that just because you get there first? No, if I didn't have them, they'd stay on the plate. The kids have never had them. <laughs> oh, get off. <laughs> yeah. Walk like them. They're disgusting. <laughs> oh, Christ almighty. Now, lads, it's time to abuse Paul. Oh, this is the what we've been waiting for. I've kept this... Uh, this topic under wraps on this show uh, up till now, and we're what nearly an hour in. Uh, but we are looking at the wrestlers who we would uh, we would cast in Avengers roles. Now, uh, Paul made it very well known on a on an unchiselled episode that he's uh, not really watched a lot of the MCU uh, universe, the the movies, and he said on that episode, which. If I remember right, it was over a year ago, Paul, you said that you were going to watch some of them. And uh, lo and behold, we come to this topic. And uh, how many how many MCU films have you watched in, in that, that year gap? Oh, in that in that period? Yeah. Um, none. None. No. I watched uh, Wonder Woman on a plane, but I know that's not MCU. 
<laughs> so the fact that we've got M- yeah, the fact that we've got MCU characters is uh, it's going to be fun listening to your picks and how you kind of uh, link those characters to wrestlers. But it's almost like you made a note at that time that in a year's <laughs> time you're going to test test my word. Yeah, I wish I had the forethought to do something <laughs> like that. I actually really do. Um, no, this was all Marie Shadow's fault from uh, last week's episode. So if you want to throw any blame anyway, it's at Marie underscore Shadows. Do you um, notice how um, I was being polite to the guests at the time? I said, oh, yeah, that's a great topic. I like that. And you were dying inside. <laughs> we hung oh, up like, shit. Slung the headphones, stormed off. But I'm going to send her a gift basket. <laughs> and and the worst thing is, Dan here is is pretty much an expert. I mean, I've watched I've watched a lot of the MCU films, but I, I think Dan's uh, Dan's knowledge is going to put mine clear in the shade. But mine's going to put yours clear in the shade as well. So we'll uh, we'll start with Dan just to show you how it's going to be done, and then we'll we'll go into yours, Paul, and uh, show how you should never ever do it. Uh, <laughs> so. Dan, let's go with you first. Your first wrestler that could be cast in the MCU or the... Well, it was officially Avengers, but we'll allow for a little bit of creative license, I suppose. Good, because I've taken a bunch of it later on. (laughs) Um, My first pick is someone to play Iron Man and Tony Stark. The wrestler I've picked, I thought long and hard about this. I went through your sort of typical, sort of you know, playboy swaggering types when you know, like the Miz or something like that, who looks the who looks the part physically and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I actually settled on Vince McMahon, a younger version of Vince McMahon, because Vince and Tony Stark kind of run parallel in their lives and what they've done. Vince took over a successful company from his father. Granfully, Vince. Uh, sorry, uh, thank, uh, get me teeth in. Granted, Vince's dad wasn't murdered by a metal-armed psychopath American soldier who was put in cryostasis working for the Russians or Hydra, or whatever it was. I just, I love the blank look on Paul's face. Yeah, I'm, I'm staring at his face, and he's. I can sense him. His guts just dropping. So Vince took over the WWF. Then used his ideas and his genius and his knowledge in the field to dwarf his dad's accomplishments. He took a regional regional promotion to a global powerhouse. Tony Stark took a weapons and tech firm to the biggest company in the world, still you know, dealing arms and, and tech and whatnot, and the most technological, uh, technologically advanced entity on the planet. Also, they're both cocky, brash billionaires, trying to impose the will and control. Tony's obviously got that paranoid side to him. Um, which led to him creating Ultron. He wanted a suit of armor around the world. Vince takes wrestling, tries to mold everything to his own shape. He wants people wrestling a certain way. He wants some. He wants everything factory produced and all of that. And it just reminded me of a quote from the first Avengers film. If Vince had a moment of realization like this, we might have a bit more a bit more competition out there because there's a point where Tony's talking about Loki. And he says, he's a full-tilt diva. He wants flowers, parades. He wants a monument built in the skies with his name plastered. And he cuts himself off and just says, son of a bitch, because he's realised he's describing himself. And if that's not the an ego the size of Vince McMahon's, I don't know what is. So Vince McMahon to be Tony Stark slash Iron Man. It's a great pick, Paul. Have you got any thoughts on, on, uh, on that? Well, because I don't know who Vince McMahon is, I didn't know which part was. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know which part was wrestling and which part was Marvel. 
So uh, I'm blurring the lines. I'm blurring yeah. the lines. <laughs> it's actually plausible, definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to give you a bit of a reprieve here, Paul, because I have picked Vince McMahon as well, but I've gone for a different character with for Vince. Uh, so I'm actually going to jump in. I'm going to go with our first pick, seeing as it's kind of the, the same pick almost. Okay. But I've gone for Thanos, played by Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. So when you think about kind of superheroes, uh, they, they, they're pointless without having some sort of supervillain. Uh, if you don't have like that nemesis, uh, you've really no need for a superhero in, in the kind of uh, cinematic universe. Um, that it, the, the villain gives the hero kind of meaning, kind of a reason to be, and, and they, they tend to be like the opposite sides of the same kind of coin. And similarly in wrestling, you think of uh, baby faces, and if they didn't have those like evil heels to, to face off against, um, they, they, they'd be kind of pointless. Uh, and throughout the history of wrestling, there's, uh, there's been loads of heels. You can, you can ram off for every baby face that you've had. They've always had like a, a heel to match them. Uh, but there's always been one supervillain that's kind of sat above the wrestling world literally pulling the strings, uh, controlling from behind at times. Other times he's at the forefront of the battle. Uh, and that's, it's Vince. It's got to be Vince. He's, he's arguably the greatest heel in, in mo- at least modern-day wrestling. Uh, and for, for me, if you're talking the, the, the Avengers uh, universe, that, that's Thanos. Thanos is the greatest heel that the Avengers have, have, have faced. And I think that Vince and Thanos kind of like, they, they fit together pretty much like a, a hand in a glove. Uh, so if you start with, for instance, Thanos's uh, nickname is called the Mad Tartan. And where, where, does, uh, where does Vince's company link it with the Mad Tartan? It's Titan Sports, Titan Towers, all big parts of this, uh, this kind of WWE system. And you look at the mindsets of both uh, Thanos and Vincent, and they're, they're pretty much similar. They both believe that what they're doing is for the good. They don't think that they're the heel, and Vince has, has very rarely thought he was doing things heelish. He's always thought this is for the good of wrestling, and the same with Thanos and, and in terms of, of, of the, the MCU, almost as if it's a, a necessary evil, which... In, in wrestling, it really is. Um, then you look at some of the actions of these characters. Now, even Paul, with uh, his very limited MCU knowledge, will know that Thanos is famous for the snap, where uh, a click of his fingers, he wipes out half the population of the Earth. Uh, and you can kind of link that again to Vince, because Vince's version of the snap was uh, was buying up his competition and kind of like, enveloping it into his own company and, and destroying kind of any comp- comp- competition in his work. Um, and again, that links to another kind of facet of, of Thanos. Uh, Thanos uh, in the MCU travels from world to world, destroying and controlling everything that he passes. And Vince has done that from the start with uh, buying out his dad with the WWF, promising to never compete with, uh, with the territories. And then over the, the next 40 years, Absolutely destroying the territories and leaving nothing but but uh, small um, 
independent companies in his wake. So he's uh, he's definitely gone the Thanos route by by weakening his opponents and and kind of building himself a super army in terms of numbers, just just uh, absorbing every company, taking on all the talent, even talent that definitely doesn't get used as much as they should. He's brought them in because he just wants to control wrestling, and that that is basically what what Thanos wanted to do. So. Um, then the last kind of link I've got is Thanos had a, a plucky uh, little group of people who were willing to step up and then kind of take his challenge on uh, with the Avengers. A group of, of superheroes wanted to defeat the the big purple nemesis, and we we kind of seen that now with uh, with AEW and uh, the kind of superheroes in uh, the wrestling community uh, down from Jacksonville coming to try and take on the big bad. Uh, conglomerate of WWE headed up by Vince McMahon. So I think Vince played by uh, Vince playing the part of Thanos is a it's a perfect fit for me. So yeah, I'm going to go with that for man. I'm actually annoyed I didn't think of that <clears throat> uh, because now it makes me look like a right a right Vince Arslicker. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, 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 I've it, cast it, him it, as a hero. It, it goes to show. A, a, what we preach on on uh, Badlands about the subjectivity of wrestling, uh, one person's hero, and it, this links to your your uh, your fandom of Brett in America. Yeah, absolutely, it was absolutely hated, but in in Canada and Europe, it was adored, and that's same kind of thing as this. Uh, some people love Vince, some people detest Vince, so it, it can play both those roles. I think it's dictated by our approach as well, because you looked at Vince the person and, and what he's done and fit that to the character, which is absolutely right. I was thinking of, I want to get Iron Man in because I really like him. Who best fits Iron yeah. Man? And those traits came through. I'd love to know Paul's take on all this. <laughs> I, when Vince McMahon shouts, you're fired, sometimes he goes a bit purple. <laughs> <laughs> what, so he's either Thanos or Grimace? <laughs> or a purple dinosaur (laughs) Barney Thanos Grimace or Barney exactly so yeah that's my take great input Paul Um, you're really showing your not only Vince knowledge but your your Marvel Cinematic Universe knowledge there yeah now can I go one better when he does that snap thing don't they all like they turn into like glitter or something, don't they? Or like um, they all come apart, don't they? That could be like um, Tyler of Black and Kevin Steen and uh, other people who've disappeared off the indie scene and become new people. Yeah. <laughs> stay ignore, in my lane, shouldn't I? I should stay in my lane. Uh, yeah, let's go to you, Dan, for your second pick. No, Paul's got to do his first, hasn't he? No, it's it's you, us. You or see, oh, see, this, this, see, this is the problem. Paul has just thrown me with his complete lack of, well, anything on this podcast. <laughs> just didn't even need to add up anything. Just, just lack. His complete lack. It's thrown me. I forgot the whole format of the show that I've been listening to for about a month solid. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I only have to do two of these things. Yeah. Well, I hope you veto. Please veto. What a man! As if that, you, I, I guarantee you, you are safe tonight from veto. <laughs> Because that, re- that requires me to think even more than I've hit my brain doing so. Well, Mags, I'm glad you said Thanos. Because my pi- my next pick in- interlinks with yours. I've picked Thanos, but to be played by Brock Lesnar. 
And it's not just because he's an absolute unit. It's because Brock Lesnar, much like Thanos, is inevitable. As Thanos was always was always going to, he was always going to achieve his goal. He was in, his will was indomitable. He was always going to get the stones. He was always going to wipe out half the universe to bring balance to it and all of that. Brock becoming champion is inevitable. When he first came in in two thousand and two, ran through everybody. Absolutely ran through everybody. I think at the time he was the youngest champion ever. And we all knew it was going to happen. You just looked at him and just said, well, yeah, champion, definitely. Then he went away. He went over to went over to Japan. You look at that and you think, he's going to be champion. It is inevitable. Then he came back. He destroyed Cena. He did, he just, he did all of that. And it was inevitable. He broke Triple H's arm. He held Raw hostage. All of that, he was always going to be champion. Even the setbacks that he suffered. Seth Rollins cashing in uh, at WrestleMania. I know you know that bit, Paul. Uh, Seth Rollins <laughs> cashing in at WrestleMania. That is, that's like Loki failing with the Chitauri invasion. Yeah. Uh, the feud with Undertaker, it's like Ronan failing in Guardians of the Galaxy. The match with Goldberg... At WrestleMania, it was like the fight with Hulk in Infinity War. You know, when Thanos, is, he looks like he's getting his ass kicked. And then uh, the Herald, uh, I can't remember his name, the Herald just says, let him have his fun. And then Thanos just comes back, absolutely beats the piss out of the Hulk, busts his arm and just leaves him in a puddle on the floor. Do you remember that, Paul? Classic, classic moment. Also, Heyman could well, I can't remember the Herald, I'm actually letting myself down here, I can't remember the Herald's name. But that mouthpiece, Paul, who... Richard? Who, Yes, yeah. Richard the Herald. <laughs> I'm Richard. Here, Dicky, Dicky, let them know I'm coming. <laughs> Announce me. Get down there. Tell them I'm coming. I'm not doing this without an entrance. I don't know why Thanos is Peter K all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> But he's got his herald, he's got Paul Heyman, he's got the person saying, you know, all hail the mighty Brock Lesnar. Not Bobby Lashley, the, the almighty Brock Lesnar. It's Corvus. That's it, Corvus, bloody hell. I looked that up and all, I just forgot to write it down. So yeah, Brock Lesnar playing Thanos. Great pick. I absolutely adore that pick. And again, it, it kind of links to a almost like a necessary evil. It, it's he does what he does because it's right. Brock being champion is best for business. We might not like it as a as a group of fans. I mean, me and Paul absolutely love him being champion. It's just amazing. But Same. as a group of fans, we might not like it, but he does pull in figures. So it is what's best for business. And yeah, a great bit. And he goes purple. Does wow. when um, I was thinking that when the Timbala run him in his stomach into the announce desk, he went quite purple. So is he Grimace or Barney the Dinosaur? All of them. He's multifaceted. <laughs> Just speaks to the talent of the performer. <laughs> now, now is the time, Paul. I can't hold off any longer. I can't give you any more time to to basically shit out your way through these picks. Um, you've got to put a pick forward now, Paul. I do. Um, I've got. What has Matt from Five Nerds come up with? This is actually my own. No, actually, it's not my own. No. <laughs> <laughs> I who's got David, Who's I David Starley? Yeah. <laughs> I got inspired. Uh, I think Pete gave me this one, but I did do my own research afterwards. 
Um, I've gone for um, Thor, who I believe is an Avenger, to be played by Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay. I see where this came from. The immediate link is Chris Hemsworth plays both at the movies, or he's going to play Hulk Hogan. So they obviously look alike because they're both Chris Hemsworth. Paul's pick. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's a deep you've, you've got the you've got the long flowing golden hair right you've got like is four's hammer is hulk hogan's leg drop um i read that four's <laughs> four's special like skills if, if that's what they called are like superhuman strength which hulk hogan has or he had speed uh, well reasonably durability and longevity um, which Hulk Hogan definitely has. Um, I read that he uh, he lifted the Midgard serpent, if you can believe that. I don't know if I was oh. in the films or in the books. That was a euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I've seen it. It's quite, quite a big snake. And I think Hulk Hogan could definitely lift <laughs> that. One <laughs> um, Four is capable of entering a state of warrior's madness, which is in- increases his stank- strength and defense tenfold. So that's like hulking up, yeah? That's his warrior's madness. Um, four can travel through time, which, uh, like Hulk Hogan's timeless, he's always popping up. Get to fuck. That is, um, these are four, tenuous links. <laughs> four wears uh, the, the, the belt of strength, which Hulk Hogan did in his kind of mid to late career is li- no it's hollywood you know weightlifting belt that cody stole um and then i read that at the end i think the last film or whatever uh the, the uh, i don't know what it's called the end game is it i think f- four becomes an unfit alcoholic depressive or something um overseeing a colony of refugees so i thought that sounded like hulk hogan in tna if you don't know anything about his running TNA and what he actually did there. <laughs> I, 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 I do agree with the, I do agree with the beer gut, though. That, in, that instantly made Thor the most relatable superhero ever. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Hulk Hogan as, as, uh, as uh, four. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm... I'm, I'm just glad you actually did some research and you, you come up with something. It, it was... Piss poor. It was definitely piss poor. Uh, and I'm definitely going to veto it. Oh, come on. Yes. Come on. Oh. I, I've, worked, have... I've worked hard for that. That's the hardest I've ever worked on an episode. Well, I, well, let's see what your second pick is going to be then when it, when it gets time to it. I may veto that one as well. Matt, you... take your veto and veto you with it. Uh, you you but... may want to save the veto for the second one. I will just warn you that now. Oh. Yeah, but leave I'm, it, leave it, Mags. Leave it. No, because I'm going to leave him have his, his crap one on the show, then I'm going to let him down his arse. I'm going to veto <laughs> this one. Um, if this is his best one, it deserves vetoing. Uh, and I'm going to stick with four. I think four should be on, on the Mount Rushmore because he's one of the, the better characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so when you think of that universe, uh, there's, there's tons of characters, absolutely loads. But uh, there's a, a definitely a, a clear hierarchy in in the the kind of order of the superheroes, and there's a definitive top three in my view. On top of that, uh, Mount Rushmore, you've got Iron Man, 
you've got Captain America and you've got Thor. I'd say they're the, the big three superheroes. Um, and to link that to wrestling, uh, there was also a big three that stood, stood atop of uh, WWE for a long while. Uh, and then if you think of Iron Man, Captain America and Thor, they've all had their own short uh, movies. They've all been like the star at one time or another. And the big three of, uh, of WWE have all had their time as stars. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of the big three as being uh, The Shield, um, known for their famous call sign, obviously, Sierra Hotel India, Echo Lima Delta. Um, and that links to to uh, MCU because uh, not only is it the, the the acronym for WWE fans, but it's also the acronym for the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division, uh, which is a, a big part of the the MCU uh, law. Uh, and then if you if you look at in terms of the WWE, the Shield were were thrown in pretty much at the top of the company, and, and each one of them has, has had uh, time as as the as the champion uh, multiple times. Which again, you can link that to to Thor, uh, Captain America, and Iron Man because they've all, like I said, they've all led their own movies. They've all been like the the kind of top dog at one time or another. Um, so I've got to link one of the Shield to Thor, and uh, I've gone with Roman Reigns. I think. Um, the reason why is he's got long flowing locks uh, and looks like he's a uh, chisel from granite. Got that uh, well kept masculine beard, very very similar to Thor. Uh, the both Thor and Roman have this kind of uh, fun side to them, which uh, borders very much on on the corny side. Uh, if you think of a suffering succotash, and then you think of Thor, is almost like a throwback to. Um, the the 1800s almost with the with the way he, he talks and and his comedy, uh, but and but to be fair, um, both have massive rabid fan bases and also these large groups of, uh, of detractors from uh, and you could link that to a lot of wrestlers, uh, but I think there's a uh, there's um there's something about Roman that kind of links him to Thor Thor on a much more personal level, and that's the fact that they've got a lineage. Uh, you think of uh, Thor, he comes from a world of warriors. He's a member of the, the the Asgardian royal family. And then you think of Roman being part of that uh, phenomenal Anuar uh, legacy. Both have had uh, fathers who have cast like, big shadows over over them with uh, Odin for Thor. And then you've got Seeker uh, over, over, overshadowing Roman. And then they're both... Uh, Lost brothers in in battle with uh with Loki uh being dead, and uh, Rosa from um, from uh, the side of, of Roman. So there's a a lot of kind of personal links in there, and then as a, a kind of a final touch, a final kicker, uh, Roman's uh, signature move is the Superman punch, uh, where he throws his uh his his fist and uh, hits his opponent like a hammer, which is a uh, very, very similar to the way that uh, Thor throws Mjolnir and uh, hits his opponents like an actual hammer. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Thor from Paul and I'm gonna, I'm gonna recast him as Roman Reigns. Solid, solid pick. Hang on a minute, hang on. Um, Paul, are you still there? Have you frozen? Or is that just your eyes <laughs> glazing over? <clears throat> I think Hulk Hogan was better. Oh my word! Can somebody Absolutely. call? Him? Can somebody? 
Can somebody call a proctologist? Paul's got his head stuck up his ass. Jesus Christ. Paul's going to full <laughs> Eric Bischoff in this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'll, veto, I'll veto Paul with, with Roman Reigns. So, back to you, Dan. Right, my third pick is where it starts to go a little bit off the wall for me because I have picked Hawkeye, who very few people actually give a shit about. He's the Yoshihashi of the MCU. But I've not picked Yoshihashi to play him. I have picked the only wrestler, apart from Dave Batista as Drax, to actually play an MCU character live. And that's Justin Sizem to play Hawkeye. Because Justin Sizem uh, played Hawkeye in Marvel Universe Live, the largest ever touring stunt show. He played him in 2016-17. To do that, he had to, he had to learn how to move like, Hawk, like Hawkeye does in the movies. He's got his bow, you know, just obviously firing real arrows in a room full of kids. But <laughs> that'd have been a bit, that that been a bit extreme. <laughs> but he had to play Hawkeye. He was in the gear. He's leaping around. He's, you know, he's grappling down off stuff, jumping around, having all the chore- you know all the choreographed fights, essentially, re- <laughs> essentially wrestling. Um, so yeah, that is my third pick, just in size as Hawkeye, because he actually played him on stage. You know, I didn't even know that, but it's a, a solid pick, and you you look at Justin Sizem as well, and he's definitely got a, a look of Jeremy Renner as well. So yeah, I like yeah. that pick. I, 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 ever since his work with a World of Sport, I thought Justin Justin Sizem has been a, an amazing talent. It's a shame that he he hasn't done more in in terms of like big moves in wrestling. Well, I think it was um, it was shortly after the World of Sport run when he put out. A, it was almost like a press release on his Twitter yeah, it, saying yeah. about how he was the hero of wrestling and all that. And I think that just turned a lot of people off, which is a shame because whether it was character or not, it did come across as him really buying into his own hype, which is yeah. a great shame because I've seen him live a couple of times. He had a match in Bradford that I saw against uh, Big T Justice. And it was just phenomenal. Obviously, to make Sizem look small, you've got to go some. But him and Big T absolutely tore the house down. And then I actually saw him wrestle uh, Keith Lee. Uh, the the most prestigious of venues, the uh, the Dolphin Centre in Darlington, that has um, it was literally uh, a sports hall attached to a swimming pool. You can smell the chlorine coming through, wow. and they, <laughs> so they had they had Justin Sizer versus Keith Lee there, and obviously two guys who were just massive, but can fly with the best of them. And that was like watching two superheroes live. Um, I think that's I think that ma- that match is available on YouTube if you look it up, um, and it was just unreal. Just absolutely unreal. Yeah. I mean, going back to his uh, press release, uh, yeah, it did come off as very pretentious. But I also remember him making quite a few valid points. And it was almost like the WWE set the dogs on him and kind of like beat him into submission with with sheer numbers more than anything. Uh, Was it ill-timed and kind of like silly to do? Probably. uh, But you could see it, it affected him like, really personally and, and he really mm. took that like, British wrestling to to heart and a lot of what he said in that press release has come true. WWE have kind of like come and enveloped a lot of the, the British scene and they're not leaving it in a good place to be fair. So I do understand his points now. Just at the time guys like Pete Dunn and Trent Seven were all kind of shitting on him for it and, and that brought out the fan bases and mm. yeah his 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 point got lost in the shuffle almost. 
that, yeah, that the, one of the worst things to happen on on Twitter is the old uh, the old justice by uh, by Twitter mob, mm-hmm. which and as you say, he got he got a lot of it right. He yeah. really did. I think he's still working for NGW. It's funny you say about him about WWE setting the dogs on him because he, he actually worked did a little bit of work for WWE Studios. He yeah. was uh, he was the Mrs. Stunt double on the Marine Six. Oh. I'm pulling out all the facts tonight, boys. <laughs> <laughs> that that should be uh, top of his resume. It's the uh, it's the mild, it's the mildly interesting section of uh, <laughs> of Badlands. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great pick. It's not one that I even remotely thought of. I mean, I, I like the character of Hawkeye, but it were it wasn't one who I could instantly link to an, uh, a wrestler, so I kind of avoided him a little bit. Uh, Paul, what do you think of Hawkeye and his role in the in the MCU? How do you think he uh, how do you think he he plays a part in that Avengers kind of dynamic? I can't even make a joke about this one because we got to the stage where we're talking about superheroes I haven't even heard of. <laughs> I thought I thought at least with the Avengers I'll know them all because they're quite famous, <laughs> but clearly not. So, how do you kind of distinguish between like Hawkeye and and his his other alter ego Ronin? What what do you think of the similarities and differences between them, Paul? Was it was was Ronin in in Boyzone? He had a good he had a good voice. You're the best. You say it best when you say nothing at all, Paul. It's <laughs> <laughs> good advice. I should follow it. So it's back to me again for another pick, for my third pick on our Mount Rushmore series. I got rid of your horrific Hogan one. Um, I've got two left. Which one do I go for? I'm going to go for probably the, the more important one in terms of uh, cultural. Um, so let's let's look at WWE over the last few years, um, and it's, it's hard not to agree that, that it's become bloated. There's a, a plethora of, uh, of characters in WWE, a lot of them not being used. You have multiple uh, pay-per-views per month. You've got so many hours of weekly shows, uh, and a roster of characters that are, that are almost aimed at connecting with every single kind of demographic out there. Uh, that they, they're basically throwing as much shit at the wall and seeing what can stick. Um, and it, it's kind of made the WWE struggle to find an identity. Almost, it's kind of hemorrhaging viewers. Uh, it's unable to beat like companies, even like AEW, in in, in the demographics. Um, and then you look at the MCU, and it's a lot of it's the same. There's a lot of uh, uh, of kind of supplementary characters. There's a, a hell of a lot of uh, kind of additional programming outside the just the movies for you to to sink your teeth into to know the full story. You have to do a lot of research. Um, but the, the the similarities are that this has has brought a lot of financial success. They're both making money hand over fist. Um, but during these kind of lull periods of our creative we we always tend to see one star kind of rise to the top and and make uh an impact not only financially but culturally and i think we've got that recently in both universes um and in in the WWE we got that with uh with Kofi Kingston uh coming out uh uh, basically not even being really involved in WrestleMania, uh, an injury to Ali opened that kind of door for him. Uh, he was able to kind of show what he can do in the, in the uh, chamber match. 
and basically set off this kind of wave of, of love for coffee mania. Um, and that, to me, links to Black Panther. Black Panther's kind of always been a character in the MCU that was was never at the forefront, never going to be at the forefront, but there was such this a, a groundswell of support for for Black Panther that he became an, an absolute icon to to not only just the black community but the the whole MCU uh, uh, fan base as a whole. Um, I think he's been a, a huge breakout star for the MCU, just like Kofi's been a huge breakout star uh, for for the WWE. And like I said, uh, Black Panther was always kind of middling um, character, always in like the background, never really part of the main story. And you can say that about Kofi's career. He's been tag champions. He's been intercontinental champions. He's done great work with the likes of uh, the New Day. He's had breakout performances in uh, the Money in the Bank matches and and the Royal Rumbles, but he's never been the guy. He's never been that that one person who who you could put as the face of the company. And he's... Uh, his fortune with the alley injury changed all that for for the good, and and uh, the, the the casting of Black Panther and the kind of groundswell that that got did the exact same for for um, for the MCU and for the Black Panther. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to put forward Kofi Kingston uh, playing the Black Panther. Great pick. He is, <clears throat> excuse me, he is actually my first honourable mention. Um, and it'll become obvious why when I get into my next pick, but he was my first honourable mention. How you can't... Well, you did a great job of, of putting it into perspective and just what that meant to the world of wrestling as a whole and and to the black community as well. I, you know, I'll be honest, as, as a white bloke, how can I even begin to do that justice? You've done a great job of summing it up there, Mags. But even that, even that, I think, falls short. To me, you look at the video of MVP... And I think I think it's Shad Gaspard, God rest him. And they both stood in a bar watching WrestleMania, seeing their I, I don't know if they're friends, but they're seeing Kofi win the title and tears in their eyes. Yeah. And that sums up how much that means. Yeah, and and as emotional as it as it got us as as three uh whiz, wizened old white people, we all got emotional about it. We were all there hundred percent behind him. Imagine that times infinity of how the black community felt of having this person there as as someone who's at the top of the wrestling world who who they can they can link to they can it, it was almost like their kind of someone they could look up to it was just amazing to feel I mean we had a we've a, we've had guys like Ray Cash who, who who said it perfectly how culturally this was an important move by WWE and. How it got there, it can kind of you can kind of say yeah it, it was it was luck and WWE kind of capitalised on it, but the, it's just the impact that this have in in years to to come. This will be a phenomenal moment and a really impactful moment that WWE have done, and I think the same kind of lengths can go to to Black Panther the the kind of cultural. Uh, um, mark that made for 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 people to have a, a black character. Uh, headline in an MCU movie. It, it, there's so many kind of um, similarities with, between these two. It, it would have been hard to not put Kofi in that role for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you mentioned luck before, and some people may say that, but there's an old saying that luck is where hard work meets opportunity. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you, you used another word as well, where you're saying imagine. And I think that is all we can do. And it, we'd still fall short in, in how important that, in how important Kofi's title win was. Yeah. And the, the, the hope would be that that kind of uh, is, it breaks down the walls for, for other uh, African-American uh, wrestlers and, and other wrestlers of, of any kind of minority to, to know that you can be the very best wrestler or you can be the number one wrestler in the biggest company in the world. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll, we can't uh, state enough how important Kofi being the WWE champion will be. Absolutely. Definitely not. Watch Paul veto it now. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Paul with the <laughs> ultimate heel turn. <laughs> no, to, 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 be, to be fair, in amongst, because um, it's no it's no secret, I went I went and consulted the, the five nerds to, on, on, on this topic, and in amongst them, giving me such gold as uh, China as She-Hulk, because she's because she has history doing that, and uh, David Starr as everyone. Um, they did. They, they did. Did she look? Oh, I've they, seen that. It's not good. <laughs> they did actually seriously put this one forward. And I, I, the reason I didn't pick it was because I've, ne- I've never seen Black Panther, so I couldn't. I couldn't put into. I couldn't say it as eloquently and as well as as you've just said it there, Max. So I. So, but then they did suggest that one. See that. I, I should be one of the nerds because we we think alike so many times. You more or less are, really. Yeah, basically. Um, Super sixth nerd, yeah. like the fifth beat. There's about eleven of them. There's not even five. I don't even know why it's called five nerds. There's literally tons of them. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, so Dan, round yours off. Uh, what's your last pick? Uh, and obviously this. you mentioned uh, your honourable mention of of Corfe, but uh, what's your last pick? This is where things get tenuous. You mean Hogan and Thor wasn't tenuous? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, no, it's, no. From from the character I'm picking, because the character technically exists within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but has never featured on the big screen. Okay. And I'm going from the Netflix. I'm going for Daredevil. Oh, I love that. From, from the Netflix series. I love that show. And it's to be played by. Crazy Steve from Impact. Yeah. And that is because like for all the years watching Crazy Steve and Impact um and seeing him live, he is very good he's a very good wrestler, he's very entertaining. His character works spot on. I love Decay. Decay were fantastic. Crazy Steve, Rosemary, Abyss, they were incredible. He's he has a great sort of brawling style. And sort of haphazard, he's everywhere. He's a bit of a whirlwind. But if you notice, he doesn't throw a lot of punches, and that is because Crazy Steve is actually legally blind, and that's why I've picked him to play Daredevil because Daredevil, obviously, his backstory is blind as a child, gain these superhuman senses. You know, you can. He's like almost like echolocation, the reflexes and things like that. Um, Crazy Steve is legally blind, and to look at what he does and the way he wrestles and the level he wrestles at. He wrestles at a high level anyway. But to do that, mostly by ring awareness, by a limited amount of vision and by feel, that is just incredible to me. I, I, had, the, I had the great fortune to, uh, to speak to him at uh, a Southside show at that same venue that I was on about earlier where I saw Jay Lethal and Shota Umino. 
Um, and yeah, he, he said uh, my friend wanted a photo, and he, he had uh, he had a pair of glasses on. And he said, "Oh, you're gonna have to just come a bit closer and explain that he was legally blind." And that to me just elevated him to well, he's already superhero status because he's, you know, he's, he's a larger than life wrestling character. But that just elevated him and, and put my respect for him through the absolute roof. He's had a 17 year wrestling career. He's made it to one of at the time one of the two biggest companies in America, now at least one of the top three, four. And that's an achievement in itself. But to do so being legally blind, just made, it, it must have just been all the more challenging. And yet he's carved it out, he's doing it, and, he, to, and I really enjoy watching him. He's fantastic. So that's why he's my pick to play Daredevil. That's yeah. an outstanding pick. I mean, I, I didn't even know. We didn't know that at all. Legally blind, and I, I really enjoyed a lot of his work. To sort of kind of know now that he did all that whilst having such limited vision, that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's he had, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I'm blown away. He had a tour of. Uh, he did a, a brief tour last year uh, of the UK various promotions, and I believe he called it the. Um, it was something along the lines of uh, the Nearly Blind World Tour. That's yeah. that's absolutely me. It's not often I'm. Um, stuck for words and that has absolutely blown me away what a talent what an absolute talent to be able to wrestle and like i said it, it's such a high level it's you would not think he's is bland with watching him wrestle at all i would never have thought he was was bland that's amazing yeah. all, have impact never referenced that is it never and is that his i guess that's his choice is it um i had a thought so I, I never actually i never actually asked because I kind of you don't want to say you don't want to sort of say oh my god really you just kind of have to go oh cool bloody hell you know that yeah. that was a sort of conversation I was like oh well bloody hell man yeah I had no idea and then he just said and then he said well yeah that's the idea I don't you know he says I'm I'm not shy about it but at the same time I don't need to go broadcasting it what a talent what yeah. an absolute talent good choice yeah great pick I mean I was and I was going to make jokes about. Uh, Rey Mysterio maybe beat it with the fact that he's got his eyes poked out by Seth Rollins, but someone who's actually blind—that's a, a, a stellar pick. Uh, but come on, Paul, let's round our Mount Rushmore off with your amazing and intricate pick of uh, MCU or Avengers uh, characters played by wrestlers. Well, I'm going to surprise you now because, like I remembered earlier, I, I do actually have—I own a, a Marvel comic book. And I, and I went and dug it out, and it's uh, it's it's Drax. And the reason I bought it was because it because uh, yeah, the reason I bought oh. it was because CM Punk do it did it. I don't know if he um, wrote the story or what. I don't know. Um, but because I was such a big CM Punk fan, he just left, and I think it was pretty much the first thing he did after he left. I thought oh, I better get that, see what it's like. Um, so yeah, I've got that, and I was so I had a little flick through that earlier for um, for kind of inspiration. I thought, you know. Who would be really good at playing this character? Dave Batista. So uh, he, he looks quite a bit like him. And uh, I just think, I think, <laughs> I think he'd be awesome at it because he's a badass. Uh, gentlemen, if you'd like to check the Twitter chat, uh, the Twitter chat where I sent through four picks where I thought, <laughs> um, Paul, I thought Paul would pick. I'm just going, I don't know. I knew. I knew it was going to pick Drax. <laughs> I'm actually surprised he didn't pick Black Widow or Charlotte Flair. That's one I'm very... Or even just link it to having Red Air and say Becky Lynch. I'm surprised he didn't just do that. 
Yeah. Oh, Becky Lynch as Black Widow because they're both ginger. <laughs> Shouts a rumour now as Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I realised I realised I forgot to do a fourth pick, so I just put that on before. <laughs> about, about ten minutes ago. That's pretty close. I was thinking about John Cena. Um and and Charlotte Flair, but um, I, I I couldn't I couldn't work them in when I was doing my research. Um, but that wasn't just preamble. I do actually own that comic. But and in fairness to Paul, right, he is the only other wrestler to have played a Marvel character than I mean, <laughs> than it, just it, incise him. Technically, it works because he is that character, uh, and you couldn't really picture anyone else outside Dave Batista playing it now because he plays it so well. Uh, but it's a shit house pick, isn't it? It's, it's a shit house pick. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it, yeah. you can't you can't fault it, but it's it's a, it's easier than a than a two dollar whore on a two for one special. Yeah, I'm not picky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you, Paul. And there was me thinking you'd be as useful as a one inch dildo. <laughs> wow. Um, unfortunately, you're right. I can't veto it. Uh, to be fair, I probably want to veto Drax anyway because, like I said. It, it's the character played perfectly by Dave Batista. The honourable mention I had was going to be uh, Falcon, uh, played by Ricochet. Uh, basically, the, the both kind of characters who don't really have a superpower, but uh, both uh, use the the kind of skill of a flat and aerial mastery. Uh, so yeah, I would have I would have probably gone with. Uh, with Falcon, if, if I was allowed a second veto. But yeah, it's a great pick. Paul, did you have any uh, honourable mentions perchance? I had I had um, Finn Balor as the Incredible Hulk because uh, because he turns into the Fiend. No, he doesn't turn into the Fiend. He turns into <laughs> whatever Finn Balor turns into um, when he's in trouble. And that, that kind of reminded me of the Incredible Hulk. But I, looking on Wikipedia, I couldn't do much else more than that other than... Other than the Incredible Hulk's been different colours throughout his iterations and Finn Balor's body paint's been different colours, it was really stretching. So I just went for Drax. If you mean, if you mean, in, if you mean in when Hulk was red for a brief period, that wasn't actually Bruce Banner. That was, uh, that was General Ross when he tried a version of the Hulk, uh, the Hulk serum on himself. Oh, yeah, I know, so, yeah. You yeah. Know, c- come on, Paul, <laughs> do your research, mate. <laughs> I've actually, I've, I've actually got some more honourable mentions that might... Uh, that might uh, you might like it, Mags. Paul, you can just like go back to your eyes glazing over if you like. Paul's been playing on his Churchill impression all this time. <laughs> <laughs> He's on level hundred on Candy Crush. I'm genuinely seething that the one I put all the effort into, you just vetoed without <laughs> a second that, thought. Isn't that just typical, Mags? <laughs> it is. I literally don't give a shit that he lifted a big snake, and now I've got to live with that memory. <laughs> it wasn't even worth anything. Right, here's one for you, Mags. Keith Lee as Incredible Hulk, but very specifically the Hulk in Endgame where he's managed to perfect the size and strength of Hulk with the intellect of Bruce Banner. Mm, yeah. I just think every aspect of that character works perfectly because he's an absolute... The Hulk at that point is an absolute... Animal. Superhuman monster. He's got all the strength and everything, but he's just so affable and unpleasant. And I've had the pleasure of meeting Keith Lee, and he's just a super nice bloke. Yeah. I, he looks like the kind of bloke who you'd just be mates down the pub with and just have a right good chinwag with him. Yeah, I, I love Keith Lee. I'm so glad he's getting the success that he deserves. And my other couple were Biggie as Star-Lord. Because they're both kind of... Well, they're just... 
both have a lot of fun. Look, at, can look a little bit like they're winging it, but just kick yeah. absolute wholesale ass. And I can imagine Biggie. I can imagine having a dance around to the uh, the Guardian soundtrack. I, I was just going to say Biggie does like to bust a move, and and so does uh, Peter Quinn. So yeah, it's a just looking at the two, they they couldn't be any more apart. You've got like a scrawny white guy and then a big barrel shaped uh, black guy. But yeah, the, uh, they do link together in kind of mindsets. Oh, you're so superficial, Max. I just went for personality, you see. <laughs> I'm all about the looks. <laughs> and my final, uh, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short and sweet. Now, I did, for some reason, I did put Kylie Ray down as Mantis because Mantis is this sort of very powerful but very naive, timid sort of su- timid superhero and she has to be sort of dragged out of a shell and i've not seen a lot of kylie ray but she's all she's got that sort of aura about her where she and then oh wait a minute she can actually kick your head in so that was that's about as far as i got with that before i realized i had better ideas um, yeah. and my last one which very nearly made my picks was lance storm as vision because who else to play a humanoid robot who never quite realised the full potential of his powers. He was there for a little bit, you know, he was there for a little bit, like the vision in Age of Ultron, where he's kicking Ultron's ass in the fight, and he's got the big beam coming out of his head from the Mind Stone. Lance Storm was pushed to the moon in WCW, had three titles on him all at once. But then after that, it was, Vision did pretty much fuck all. And Lance Storm, while he was very, well, Lance Storm, while he was very entertaining, always a cracking wrestler, he never reached that height again, and nor did Vision in the MCU. Yeah, and, and, Like you said, um, Vision didn't do anything, but he was potentially the the strongest person in in the whole of the Avengers. And if you look at Lance's career in WCW, he he quickly held pretty much every title, bar the world title, all at one time. Uh, So he definitely had the kind of chops to be the best. He just didn't reach the potential that he he should have done. So that's a great multi-level pick. Uh, The only other one that I I didn't do a lot of research into was... um, uh, was Nebula. I was going to pick uh, Shayna Baszler as, as Nebula, uh, basically because they both uh, have a very um, straight face. They don't. There's no kind of smile or there's no kind of emotion in, in them both, but they could both beat the absolute living piss out of you. Um, but I didn't get much further than, than uh, kind of um, like uh, joining the two characters together. So, yeah, I, I may have gone for that one in, in another universe, I suppose. Uh, but... Oh, I've just remembered one of my picks that was going to be for Paul. I was uh, I completely forgot about this. At one point, I was fairly certain Paul was going to pick Ronda Rousey as Black Widow. I don't know why. I just had that in my mind that Paul would end up on Ronda Rousey. Sounds like the sort of thing I would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my pool of people I pick for any any topic really is quite small, <laughs> and you've you've nailed it on your message there. The, the fact that you try to uh, strong arm you, the only real wrestling story you, uh, story that you know off by art, uh, the boss man story, uh, it kind of shows your limitations in in wrestling knowledge. Yeah, well, I thought surely some surely a Marvel character at some point has stolen someone else's dad's coffin. Must have happened. But... And and cooked. Uh, the nemesis of dog. Yeah, it didn't have to be both. What one would have done? <laughs> I, 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 I only need the, the tenuous, most tenuous of links to get Big Boss Man in. Wow. Oh, wow. Big Boss Man is Nick Fury. Big Boss Man is Nick Fury. Just purely for the fact that they're both like, law authority figures. 
I'm going to say yes because I love Big Boss Man, but I don't know who Nick Fury is. Uh, Big Boss Man was still responsible for one of my most memorable moments of being part of one of my most memorable WrestleMania moments as a child when he got hung from that cell. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Paul refers to that on a weekly basis. Big Boss Man's responsible for my, my five most memorable memories <laughs> of wrestling. And three of them involve Big Show's dad. <laughs> and mum. <laughs> and Chihuahua Chili. Oh, don't bring up Pepper. That guy's have made more appearances on this show than Paul actually has. <laughs> Moreover, um, as well. Yeah. <laughs> Knows more about wrestling as well. And more about the MCU. Seen more MCU movies. <laughs> he passed through somebody's digestive system. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, this has been the the best ever episode we've ever, ever done. It's been a glory, not only for the knowledge and the kind of intricate uh, links to characters, but also the absolute shithousing by Mr. Tully. It's been, it's been brilliant. Uh, Dan, what we need from you now is a topic for a future guest. Uh, what kind of Mount Rushmore would you like to hear about uh, coming up on a future episode of Badlands? Oh, I've got to pick one. I was expecting to be given a choice, given that both of you oh, were here. we don't do that no more. That's less work for us. <laughs> oh, for wrestlers, as, wrestlers as members of the Manic Street Preachers would be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> if you're feeling generous. Two of them would be Mark Andrews and the other like, Flash Morgan Webster. <laughs> and do you know what? I was actually, actually going to be really generous. And just out of principle, I was going to take Paul's pick as well. Because he never wins, and I'd, I knew I'd spend two hours abusing him. That, that's so I was gonna, so I was gonna throw him a bone. <laughs> we actually gave up bringing when, our when, own when, to the table because mine yeah. never got picked anyway. When Paul took his uh, his pretend COVID uh, hiatus, and obviously the guest was was throwing out their own picks. When we come back, Paul just said, "Yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm sick of getting beat." Um, so yeah, we'll just and leave just... it on the guest now. I'm living up to living up to my reputation now of being <laughs> eternally behind on everything. I, well, I haven't even returned to the um, <laughs> to, to the, to the eight episodes yet. <laughs> what was it? That seventeen episodes? I think you missed or something like that. Yeah, but generally right, well, that was that was the bit I got most stressed about every week was picking picking a topic to be declined. And this is from the person who fluffs the outro. You don't know how many times I've edited an outro just to make Paul sound like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think of uh, of some of Paul's many, 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 many failures to win at the. Uh, I think at at the, one point, are, are they even bad ones, or am I just that unlikable? I think everybody's just kissing Mags's ass. Yeah, I think that's what that. it is. Yeah. I, I, don't I, butter, do I do butter the electorate. I'm. I've got to say, I do. I do. When I give out my picks, I do kind of like like suck up to the guests, the sport. And I, I don't see the messages where he invites guests. I only see the messages once once it's go time. So I don't know what he says in there. So Mags, they're just like a marionette. Just... <laughs> I'm the Vince McMahon uh, Thanos. Never mind Vince. I'm behind the scenes. Uh, but yeah, go on. What, yeah, I'm gonna, what kind I'm of topic? Be, I'm going to be completely derivative because I wasn't expecting this. I'm going to be completely derivative. We've had Marvel. And I'm going to ruin Paul's day because I was going to <laughs> pick his pick. But you, don't, but, you don't, but you don't do it anymore, so fuck you, Paul. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do wrestlers as DC Comics characters. Fuck off. You're not. I've watched Wonder Woman on a plane. So that's that's Charlotte Flair as Wonder Woman. Yep. Don't, don't give away the episode. 
I love that because I, I I think I enjoy DC films more than I enjoy MCU films, so I'm happy with that pick. I'm seething. Shut, shut up, Mags. Fucking seething. <laughs> Suicide Squad was a glorious film. Suicide Squad is the only film I've ever seen that gets worse the more you watch it. No, no, that I left. It, I left the cinema got, quite like. It got overhyped. I I get that, but if you ignore all the hype, that is a fun two hours film. It's I watched that film. I watched it. I came out of the cinema. I thought I really enjoyed that. I can't wait for it to come out on DVD. I watched it on DVD and thought, Do you know what? That was pretty. That was still pretty good. Not as good as I remember, but it was all right. I've watched it again and thought. God, that's a shower of shit. <laughs> and then I watched it. I watched it a fourth time. I thought maybe I was just, you know, maybe I was just hungover or something. I watched it again. I thought, why did I like this again? No, I, I, I beat all that. I beat all that. It's a can good, I use have, um? No can, I, can I use Lego Batman as a reference point? No. Yep. Brilliant. No. Do, do I, you see? I, I'll do you see characters. I will veto that. Well, I'm going to pick two Lego Batman characters. <laughs> <laughs> just leave the word Lego out of it. It's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Leave the word Lego out of it. He'll never know. <laughs> well, this has been amazing fun. I can't wait to see Paul flapping again about DC characters. That's um, creating me a shitload of work there again. <laughs> it's well, becoming it a job. It serves you right for not having for not having two for me to choose from. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not Mags' fault, obviously. It's, it's, no, it's never my fault. You gave up. You, ah. you lost. You lost your smile. You took your ball. You CM punked it, and you fucked off. Yeah. Sure, Michael. Can you it. blame me? St- stick with it, Paul. I was there for you. I was there for you, and <laughs> you broke my heart, man. He's done a Becky Lynch when she tried to turn on the on the WWE universe, and they weren't having it. Paul, you've managed it. Dan was in your corner, and you've shitted. You've shit housed him out of it. You've 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 gone full heel. You've gone full. You, you might as well sing Kumbaya with a little cowboy hat on now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, it, if it gets him to change the subject, I'll do it now. Have you no, got I a cowboy hat on the go? <laughs> I would love to see you sing if you've got a cowboy, If you've got a cowboy hat and a ukulele, I'd think about it. <laughs> think about changing it. Wow. This has been brilliant. Uh, Dan, let everybody know on Badlands where they can follow you because you clearly need a larger audience on Twitter because this has been brilliant. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you. Thanks very much, Mags, and thanks for having me, guys. Uh, contrary to this episode, uh, I do actually like Paul a bit. He's all right. Um, <laughs> I don't, um, and I've made it abundantly clear. Yeah, but you're, yeah, but I don't you know why he keeps coming back. Yeah, but you two are married. It you know, always loses its spark after a while. Um, I'm, on, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I'm at DanGriffin21. I've got nothing really to plug, so I'd like to plug my uh, two local wrestling promotions. If you're in England, um, look up uh, Rise. They're based in Leeds. They're at Rise underscore England uh, on Twitter. Then you'll find all the st- links to YouTube, Patreon, whatever. Also look up North Wrestling. Uh, they're at North underscore NCL on Twitter. They've got a, a Pivot Share account. Well worth checking out. Some absolutely incredible stuff going on in the northeast of England. Um, so, yeah, those are the only two things I want to plug. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely go and check them out. There's not enough uh, love in the in the wrestling world for, for these like, smaller UK companies and yeah, any, anything we can kind of do to promote that, especially knowing what's gone on in the in the the recent past. Yeah, uh, definitely give your love to, to British wrestling in uh, as a whole. Now we're gonna have to really support them in the when uh, when this is all over. Well, yeah, let's continue to support them now. Yeah. 
Uh, but now, Paul, will you be able to nail this outro? Remember last week when you inserted one word and it threw you threw you for a loop? Uh, will you <laughs> but- be able to? Will you be able to nail it this time? Four weeks of almost almost perfection, and then uh, I changed the script and went to shit. Um, so I'm not I'm not going to change it this this I'm not going to change it this week. Um, I'm just going to tell people where they can tweet us and particularly tweet me to uh, kind of maybe give me some knowledge on Marvel and DC so I don't ever get caught in a shitstorm like this ever again. Help me out. You can find me at Rain Counter on Twitter. You can find the the workhorse beside me. Um, I love him really, even though he makes my life hell. At Dej Kirkby, D E J Kirkby, and he's got a range of other great podcasts as well. Um, some of which you can find great on the Vision Stretch. <laughs> no, they good. You 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 put good shit out. Stop trying to throw me off. Um, <laughs> you can find some on the um, Visionaries Global Media um, channel, which is um, uh, Darren does uh, five round five rounds pod. Um, covering MMA and uh, UFC, he's got um, why we why we watch, um, where you'll find an episode with 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 uh, Dan shortly, which will be which will be great to hear. And he's also got talk at the table with um, yes, I do. Well, with that's our, Matt's project, but I am involved. You're on it. You're I'm on it. Heavily involved. That's it's with right. our good friends Matt and uh, and uh, Conrad. Is it Conrad? It's because the name's not on my script. It's <laughs> um, you can also find me um, occasionally on at Five Nerds Go um, when we can be bothered to get around the, around the microphone. Uh, if you fancy listening to a vintage flavor of, uh, of Badlands, you can find our older episodes over on the Smart to Death Network. And... If you like what you hear here and you want to hear the most up-to-date stuff, follow us um, at Badlands Pod um, and listen to the podcast on cheershot.com at Cheershot Media or typing in the Cheershot Radio Network into your podcast engine of choice. Um, we'll be back next week with a, another thrilling superhero episode, as you've just heard. <laughs> um, fuck off. <laughs> Stay safe, everyone. Always use your head. TheChairShot.com Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.